Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Los Angeles-based jazz vocalist, songwriter, arranger, and producer, Sidney Jacobs. He talks about COVID life, his path into music, and his new 2022 CD, If I Were Your Woman. He is an exciting performer who likes to experiment, and he's not afraid to take chances. He's got great stories and wonderful insights. Enjoy this interview. <laughs> yeah. All right. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks for yeah. taking a minute out today. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for showing interest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. You know, before we get into your latest album, If I Were Your Woman, I I, want to know, you know, it's coming out during a time where things are changing. We're coming out of COVID. Live shows are picking back up. How does this release feel for you? How does the release feel for me? Um, You know, I, I only have my last release to compare it to, really. And um, that came out in 2017, and I immediately was working around town and doing things like that and interviews like this. This is a little different because um, the majority of the album was actually recorded during the, the heavier part of the pandemic when we were all in lockdown. The recordings were kind of done piecemeal because of COVID restrictions and, and um, the protocols that we put into place to protect the musicians. So, yeah, it, it, it feels, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It feels a little different. I mean, I'm actually underwriting, you know, new music for another project. Uh, but it's good. It's good to get it out. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Um, but the environment has changed. And I've just started booking gigs in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, I think it's an interesting experience for everybody. Uh, but it was a great, it, it's been a great time to write, you know, for people that like to sit at their computer and create or do whatever they do. Um, it's actually been a beneficial time for that. So what are you hoping the listener gets from this album? Uh, joy, maybe a different reference point into some of these songs. I think some of the songs, um, from what I've heard, people didn't even know, you know. So they're hearing them for the first time, so they probably seem like originals. But just uh, just something that's pleasing, hopefully can lift them up. There are certain parts of the album and all my music that I write that I'm trying to encourage people and trying to show a, a sweep of life. And um, But yeah, I just, I just hope that they dig it and they can groove to it, really. So let's go back to the beginning of your life here. How did you get this bug or this feeling to get into jazz? How did we lead to this road? I mean, if we want to go all the way back, my, my brother who um, is now deceased, but he was 11 years older than me. He was a, a true, he had a true artist spirit. He was a flautist and a painter and his, his, musical and, you know, artistic sensibilities. Um, he was very adventurous. Um, and I was just a little kid, you know, so he exposed me to many of the heavy hitters of the 60s and 70s, 50s, you know, everybody that we would know, Miles Davis, you know, Ornette Coleman, um, Eric Doffy, all of these guys. And my sister, who was 10 years older, she was like into R&B and Motown and pop music. So my household was filled with a lot of music and a broad sweep of music. And I've always just had an affinity toward jazz, but I didn't, as a writer, I didn't feel like I I had the chops to really write what I wanted to write, what I could hear in my head. 
And so I really took a stab at it in, in my last album, First Man. And it turned out well. I, I hired some great guys in town to, to kind of help me figure out the arranging. And on this one, I just went further down that road, you know. But I, I, I have a lot of experience as a singer. I mean, I'm classically trained. I've sung R&B and rock, hard rock, you know. I've sung country. I've sung pop. I've, I've done a lot of different, you know, gospel and spirituals and opera. Um, and so it's, it, it's kind of all in me, you know, as a, as a musician. And my music is best expressed, I think, at least right now, through um, the vehicle of jazz, because jazz can, you know, what is jazz? It can, it can be so many different things. Um, but really what it allows is a, a freedom of expression. So, you know, the R&B influences, the, some of the classical influences and all of that stuff, in, at least <laughs> in my head, Joe, it, it exists comfortably in, in the, under the rubric of jazz. What was the first live show that you ever saw? Oh, wow, that's a great question. The first live show I ever saw was Earth, Wind & Fire, one of my all-time favorite groups. And it was a spectacular show. It was at the it was at the Forum in Los Angeles, and they had like magic and pyrotechnics. And I was 14 years old, and and really, I don't think I've ever recovered from it. I remember asking my sister because I'd never been to a concert before, and the only real reference I had for it was that footage that they had of the Beatles when they were at um at the Hollywood Bowl, you know, back in the 60s when they, like, debuted in America. And you could barely hear them because there's so much screaming going on. So I thought that that was going to be it. I thought I was just going to be surrounded by people screaming and I, I could barely hear the music. But, um, yeah, man, Earth, Wind & Fire, I, I think I went to about four or five of their concerts <laughs> you know, in a row after that. They, they were amazing. Talk to me a little bit about starting out. How, 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 did you, how does the stage feel for you? Is it a place that... Is comfortable? Were you nervous? Do you still get nervous? How does it work for you? Is it a second home? When I was younger and I was doing top 40, you know, I was playing clubs when I was 18 um, with different bands around town. I've always very comfortable singing and when the music starts and kind of just folding myself into the sound and the experience of it. And I think my performances of style has come out of that but I was always afraid to talk to the audience so in between songs I did not know you know what to do I didn't know what to say I didn't want to look at people but as soon as the song hit I was fine um I've grown since then and now being surrounded by great musicians is one of the most comfortable feelings that I can have um but I've also aided by you know being able to I'm in um, the fifth dimension, the actual original fifth dimension, there's still um, one original member who owns the group and we tour all over the country and the world. Five years that I've been in that group now has really helped my my stagecraft. I've learned so much because it's a different way of performing. You know, they're really entertainers. My thought, my sensibility, especially if I'm like in a trio or doing some jazz stuff, is not necessarily being an entertainer, but I'm just a musician. You know, I'm the singer, I'm the vocalist, but I'm a musician. And um, 
doing all of these shows with the Fifth Dimension and, and then some other groups that I've been um, able to, to hit with uh, on occasion, it's taught me that, like, people want to be entertained. Even in the jazz room, you know, people want to be entertained. I'm not talking about doing dance moves with splits and everything, but the the singer's obligation on stage is, I think, a little different from the drummer or the, the pianist, even if the pianist is a lead, you know, even if this, those musicians are lead musicians. Um, the singer is facing the audience. The interface with, with the audience is much more intimate. There's nothing to hide behind except the little microphone. All of that is developing as I do it more and more. But my mindset about being on, on stage has is, is changed over these last few years, just being out with this wonderfully professional group. So, yeah, the stage is very much a home for me. I, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the um, Weave the Tail video, but um, if you haven't, I'll send it to you. And that's kind of like wh where my performance um, energy is at. I'm very much into, you know, what's going on. You can kind of feel the music flowing through my body. Um, so, yeah, yeah, being on stage is it's an exhilarating, you know, experience for me. And with that being said, you know, now that we're getting back to live music and the world's waking up a little bit. Oh, oh I lost you, you, man. Oh, oh you, sorry. I don't know how I lost you now. I lost yeah. you in my headphones. Did you hear my answer? Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it happened when I was asking you my question. Can you hear me better now? I can. I can. I lost you in my headphones. Okay. I'm sorry. I was just so busy okay. rambling. I did not. No, no, no. You're good. And I got all your answers. So. What I was going to ask you was, you know, with that uh, being said about live music and, and the power of it, what do you hope we all realize about the power of live music as we start returning back to it more and more? I'll just go out to a club. When you feel comfortable and safe enough, there's nothing that can replace live music, you know, um, with all the technology that we have. And I'm not a person opposed to technology at all. I use it all the time. There's nothing like going to hear um, musicians come together, coalesce, and create something right in front of you. It's, it's a magical experience. And I don't, I don't think it's ever going to get old, man. Um, you know, so there's that experience. There's the, the, the experience of seeing these guys and, and women play the actual instrument, um, hearing the coordination of what they're doing, the, the listening, the respect, the, the spiritual nature of what they're doing. But then there's also the experience of being with other people, having that same experience, like going to the movies. Um, we are communal creatures, and we, and we will always be communal creatures. So being in this pandemic, you know, has really injured a lot of us because we've been cordoned off from one another and isolated but I don't think it's going to take much convincing once people go to a couple of festivals or, you know, plunk down their money and go to a concert and you, you get in that theater, you hear that music, man. There, there's nothing to replace that. Not yet. You know, we haven't invented the androids that can, yeah, can mimic the experience on stage for us yet. So, no, nah, I don't think there's going to be much convincing, Joe. Just as soon as folks get out, they'll they'll – let out that long breath that they've had they've been holding for you know these two two and a half years we've been in this thing you know every day you get to wake up you you get to create music what is the best part of being a professional musician for you just that that's the, the best part 
is to do what I was doing five minutes before you called, just sitting and trying to figure out another puzzle, trying to figure out these pieces, how to end this current song, how to start another song. It's it's incredibly challenging. And for me, I'm, I, I've kind of taken, even though I, I do have a, a lot of experience, but I, I took a different path to become a true professional musician. Um, yeah, I had a family when I was younger and, I wasn't making any money as a singer and studio musician. And so I went back to school and got a couple of degrees and started working um, in in the world. Um, so now that I'm back doing this full time, um, it is a, it's a privilege, you know, a blessing. I'm trying to think of the right word to encapsulate it. Um, for me, it's just a challenge to, to get up and, and write music and try to complete these projects that I do. Um, it's a true blessing whenever I get to perform um, because I feel like you're just spreading love and you're spreading joy, you know, to people. You're making people laugh. When we, when I tour the country with laugh and smile, when I tour the country with the fifth dimension, it almost feels like missionary work because, you know, then especially coming out of COVID where people have not been going out to shows, like you say, and we, we tend to play a lot of the middle part of the country they don't have a lot of entertainment coming through. So when you can come through and, and you see the effect that it has on people, they tell you, you know, I haven't been this happy in years. And I'm like, come on, man, that's, that's, about, that's about as good as it gets. So everyone has perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you live your life. Who do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a therapy session, man. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that 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 is evolving. That is evolving almost on a daily basis. Who I am, and as I get older, my my uh, perceptions of myself and the world change. You know, um, hopefully with some wisdom, but certainly with with experience over time. I would like to think of myself as a compassionate person, a, a good person, one who wants to see the best in people. And um, I w want people to, to figure out how to, to live together. Because I think that's really the, the challenge that we have as a species, is to figure out how do we break these divides that seem to be so naturally formed in, in our beings, in our minds, you know, in our perceptions of the world and get beyond that because we do know that we're only our best when, we, um, when we're working together. It's like, a, you know, a house divided can't stand. Well, it's the same with society and people. So I, I, w I would hope that I'm a person that, whose energy, when I put out into the world, is an energy that, that makes people feel welcomed and, and like they belong. Because um, that's how I'm trying to feel in this world, and I don't, you know, as there's many times as a black male living in the United States that I don't feel like I belong, you know. But I, I think that as we, as a species, continue to evolve, that's how we're going to have to figure it out. Because otherwise, we'll destroy ourselves. Indeed, Sydney, thanks, man, for opening up. Thank you for taking some time out. Good luck with the album and the return of the stage. I appreciate it. 
All right. Thank you, man. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats and players in Los Angeles, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Sydney for his time, music, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. And you can also visit joedomino.com and kick in a little bit there via Patreon or PayPal. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.